What can you expect from the Cheetah with Tunga Vailoa in Miami? Which new Chiefs receiver represents the best draft value for you at the moment? And do we need to slow our roll on the Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper stacks? We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than these lessons. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture. Are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you to the Quiet Howlers, and thank you to Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and for LAX. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the resurgence that you can expect um, from Allen Robinson. Now playing in uh, in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl champs, we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into um, what you should be doing with Leonard Fournette now that we know his uh, destination for 2022 in Tampa Bay. And we'll also talk a little bit about um, how you should react with the Indianapolis skill position players, knowing that Matt Ryan will be their quarterback and not Carson Wentz, not Jacoby Brissett, not any of the other Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks that were there previously. We're going to get into all that, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Um, I do want to remind you, um, we've had a lot of great um, purchases, a ton of, and by great, I mean a ton of purchases for the Dynasty Orphan teams at myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale. We've had a lot of $1 Dynasty teams being sold, a lot of uh, really reduced price uh, Dynasty teams being sold right now um, within the last week or so. There's still a few left out there, but they're getting pretty scarce. So if you're looking for a great dynasty deal in 2022, myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale is your place to go to for that. With that said, we only have about a little over a month left in the never too early best ball tournament. So if you want to register for that $125, you can take a shot at $25,000 grand prize that closes April 28th. So make sure you're getting in on that. That is just uh, reached half capacity today. So it's, it's been going, I mean, it's a, it's a fantasy, it's a best ball tournament in February and March. So it's going fast uh, right now. So make sure you're getting in on that. Uh, the 2022 FFPC main event has a million dollar grand prize. Make sure you're registering for that and take your shot at becoming the first ever FFPC millionaire. Plenty of slow, live, sit-and-go best ball options, all at myffpc.com. And run the Daylight Championship, as well as the Draft Masters, which I got it, and I'll bring in my co-host right now, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell, that Draft Masters that I just signed up for at, at KFFSC, I know I checked it earlier this morning, and we're looking at um, – I, there was two spots left. Yes. Has that sold out or are, are no. there still spots available? I've been keeping it on the down low because I wanted to come on the show tonight and ask two of our listeners 
to come in and join. KFFFC.com. Go to Draft Masters. It's a $39 entry. It'll get you familiar with the uh, with the site. If you're an FFPC player and never played in the KFFFC, it will all look very familiar to you as the FFPC is quite wonderful in sharing some of the platform with me where we can have a league. And you'll yeah. enjoy it. And you'll get to play against um, Eric Balkman and the uh, patron saint of uh, this show, uh, one Hudson Kern Reeve, and, and a wonderful uh, Duke's mixture of fantasy players spread throughout the United States that are very anxious to engage in some March Madness competition. Where'd you go, Balky? <laughs> Oh, Dr. Bachman, it appears that you are frozen in front of my screen. But you got an interesting expression on your face. One that I'm sure now is scurried in regret and plugging in uh, cords and wires and all kinds of things. Um, so I will text you and find out if I should roll with the show by myself. <laughs> Well, the last thing we want is any dead air tonight, and uh, I have uh, lost my esteemed uh, co-host, uh, one Eric Bachman, as I'm sure he scrambles to get things back together. So tonight we're going to look at some pretty cool things across fantasy football and what's been going on in the NFL. Um, I don't want to tip our hands to what's on the roster to talk to tonight, so I'll talk to you a little bit about free agency in the league and, and what you can expect. We... Um, there's been a lot of commentary about there's never been a year like this. And, and you know what? You're right. There hasn't been a year like this. And, and I've been discussing it with a lot of people in the industry. And it, it's it's sort of a uh, – it's a bulky. Are you back? I mean, I'm here, man. Sorry about that. Oh, I was just getting ready to explain a good – 10 minutes of why I think free agency is moving in the way that it is. And you know what? The listeners are going to be so happy they didn't have to listen to that. So let's return <laughs> to our roster and move right along with the show. Well, and I'll just say this too, like the, the ones that, that are in this, that if you want to join this KFFAC draft masters, this is a, yes. a slow draft. Um, when it, when it fills up, you're looking at Mike Mattingly, FFPC player. That's going to be in this Mark Moyer, one of the greatest draft masters out there. You can yeah. learn a lot from him. Um, who's in right now, Hudson Kern-Reeve in the YouTube chat room. He's going to be participating in this. I'm looking at, um, oh, the venerable team Porky's participating in this as well. So obviously you want to compete against them. Vince Staffolino, who's been a guest on this show multiple times. Yes. And, of course, the trophy husband himself, Rob Fetcher, also in this. So And, and many other uh, KFFSC, FFPC superstars. So make sure you're getting in on that, KFFSC.com. Um, all right, so – Farrell, we now while we don't have a guest tonight, and our guest we had to reschedule sort of last minute for next week, um, be, because of of I'll say technical difficulties, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll talk no, a little bit about it next people week. Would but, believe that. Yes, yeah, people exactly. would believe Yeah, exactly. Yes, they would. They would. Um, which is fine. This.
and we are looking we are looking at all the the massive shifts that happen with quarterbacks, receivers, a um, couple of running backs have have changed the the ADP landscape as well. We'll get into it right at the top with probably, in my opinion, and I said this on my local show here in in Northeast Wisconsin, this um, uh, in in my life, Reggie White signed with Green Bay. I was most shocked that the Packers ended up deciding to trade Devontae Adams to your Las Vegas Raiders, who will now be catching passes from his college teammate, Derek Carr. It was uh, a trade involving the 2022 first and second round picks for Las Vegas. This is according to Adam Schefter on Twitter. Uh, and we'll let everyone, uh, we'll let Balky know. He's freezing up visually and now verbally. And he might be able to hear me. Boom. Ah, back to me. Balky's going to talk a little bit about that Raider selection. You know, it takes paying attention to what's going on in the college world um, and where players come from. Uh, many people kept talking to me about the – oh, you're back. Are you I'm there, Bucky? You are regularly freezing up, sir, both visually and audioly. Um, in, um... There you are. Yeah, Devonte Adams was going off as the number one overall. Uh, well, I shouldn't say this. He wasn't. Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup were going ahead of him this year, and I yeah. think some of the trepidation that went into that was knowing that Adams may wide receiver five, right? And this is interesting. This is the last seven days, and we'll give a shout out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com uh, for for covering this. Um, but uh, with the ADP. Now he is going right behind Tyreek Hill, the brand new Miami Dolphin, which we'll get into in a little. Is going to be putting up um, in Las Vegas compared to what he put up with uh, or put up in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Now, what's he going to be doing with Derek Carr in Las Vegas? But uh, Balky, you've been coming in and out on us there, and uh, you might want to check your connection and make sure that you are uh, uh, coming through uh, to all the listeners because we're only getting you're freezing up both uh, yeah, in the picture and in the audio. So, what do I expect uh, from Mr. Adams in Las Vegas? I expect a continued uh, dominant play from the NFL's number one receiver. I don't believe he will miss a beat. I think he will be fantastic with Derek Carr. I think he might even be um, freed to run different kind of routes, routes perhaps that will not take uh, such a burden and beating to his body. There were many, many times this year that I was surprised that he could get up after some of the receptions that he made. He is an elite receiver unlike we've seen in the league. 
He separates himself uh, every week, every game, uh, almost every play. I've never seen this guy take a playoff. He's a thrill to watch. He will elevate a team that last year, many people are surprised about this, but Derek Carr was in the top five passers in the NFL with total yards, 4,800 yards. It shut down in the red zone for him for many reasons last year, leading to uh, Hunter Renfro having a team leading nine touchdown catches. Uh, there's 600 passes to go around here. You don't need to be concerned about Waller. He should still remain as the number three tight end off the board. Uh, Renfro, people that believe in Renfro, I, we said it last week on the on the show, we don't think we'll get as much touchdowns. We think we've seen our best Hunter Renfro, but the, what you're going to get from Hunter Renfro the rest of the way will be very, very good. It's an exciting offense and a wonderful year forthcoming in the AFC West. I can continue to speak on the Raiders. You know, Josh Jacobs is an interesting Raider. Uh, and in, in the type of drafts that we're doing now, especially in the best ball slim tournament in the FFPC, he's a Raider that I don't particularly think is worth his value uh, where he's being drafted. However, if we're in a classic league or as we move to the main event, uh, he then becomes somewhat of a value pick in the fourth round. You've got to remember the rules and the process and the, and the league type that you're playing in. Jacob's a continual steady Eddie. And with this passing attack, with the Raiders, if they can get ahead and not be playing catch-ups in some of these games, um, Jacobs may be the running back that uh, Carr turns, hands the ball to, and he gets some of those fourth-quarter yards that will actually propel him to some 100-yards games. Those have been missing. Uh, in the Raiders' backfield here in the last couple of years. Tonight, I'm not sure what's going on. Pharaoh, yes. You were talking about um, Devontae Adams. How does this affect guys like – well, it it obviously makes Brian Edwards non-draftable at this point. Um, how does this affect just specifically Darren Waller and, and Hunter Renfro? Um, and, and by the way, while, while I ask you that, I'll just give you the mojo on them real quick. Darren Waller and FFPC drafts, uh, tight end four at the 301 over the last seven days. Some of these drafts taking place – um, after the Adams trade, some of them mm -hmm. taking before uh, taking place before the Adams trade. Hunter Renfro for at the seven eleven. So where do these guys go in FFPC drafts now? Um, you know, these are this is about right. What you've got to look forward to in Adams is we and we just talked about it. I don't know if any of the listeners could hear me, and and uh, but but we'll just review it again very quickly. There's 600 passes on this team. Adams will continue to do well as the preeminent wide receiver in this league. His route running will be different. Waller will take over some of the middle. Adams will take over some deeper and intermediate routes, which may save his body in the long term. Hunter Renfro with the, uh, with the middle cleared out will be largely a possession receiver, but a very good one. And he's very good with the ball after the catch. 
Um, this quarterback, a car, 4,800 yards last year, put him in the top five of all quarterbacks. Three of the top five yardage quarterbacks come from the AFC West, and Carr is amongst them. It's a situation where uh, the red zone, which was the, the place where the Raiders failed last year, uh, the red zone will be much different uh, now with Devontae Adams on the team. And uh, the, the coaching staff, obviously, is a big aspect of that. A healthy Jacobs, a better offensive line. Things are looking up fantasy-wise for the Raiders. I think Renfro's about in the right place. You cannot overdraft Adams. If you believe that he was a Green Bay Packer uh, draft pick in the first round as a receiver, draft him now in the first round. Really? You're still taking him in the first round with, with well, Derek Carr? Well, of course. It, it nothing. Uh, there's Again, Balky, 4,800 yards. There's nothing particularly wrong. Uh, with Derek Carr, and he might be joining a quarterback that at this point in his career, I know this is heresy for you to believe, but if you looked at some of the downfield passing numbers uh, from Aaron Rodgers last year, they were somewhat suspect, the downfield accuracy. Now, it's, it's hard to look past the fact that he almost completed 70% of his passes, but when he threw the ball over 20, 25 yards, uh, that percentage dropped off substantially. Uh, this is a big target that wins all the contested balls in Devontae Adams. It's going to be <laughs> Devontae Adams uh, will make Derek Carr one wonderful quarterback. Oh, now I've frozen Balky into just like a mound of salt there. It's somewhat biblical. Uh, Everyone, I'm going to call him on the phone just to make sure that he didn't kill over. And uh, <laughs> I do apologize. I have no idea what's going on. I'm I it it is what it is. We've we've yeah. talked about the Adams to death here. I um, was calling you there. Have you been able to hear me when you freeze? Yes, up? you're you coming through me? perfect. Yeah, okay. I I hear you, man. I I, I hear you. Um, Do let's you move think on and talk about the, the you're other. Moving your head. Do you think because you move your head, it's pretty good? That's should awesome. I keep it still? Yeah, you Do, should just yeah. just stay yeah, still. That's probably what just it is. stay boxed up. <laughs> stay in the camera frame. Exactly. Um, the Dolphins get Tyreek Hill this week. And hey, as shocked I as I was that. about, the, yes, you did. Yeah. yeah. As shocked yeah. as I was about the Adams trade, I was even more shocked about the, the Tyreek Hill trade. Uh, five draft picks go to Miami in exchange for Tyreek, or go to Kansas City from Miami in exchange for Hill. Um, this according to Adam Schefter on Twitter. Uh, it's pick 29. Pick 50 in the second round, a fourth round pick in 2022, and then a fourth and a sixth next year going to Kansas City. The Dolphins also give uh, Tyreek Hill four years, $120 million, and $72 million guaranteed. He's basically going to be the Devontae Parker replacement, a massive upgrade over Devontae Parker, who is probably going to be cut, probably going to be playing for a different team. Um, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Mike Gesicki, those are the primary pass catchers for Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, now, here's what's and, – and, Farrell, maybe you can explain this to me. 
Mike McDaniel emphasized the running game. He goes mm-hmm. out and gets Chase Edmonds. He goes out and gets um, Raheem Mostert, right? And um, then they go out and give all this draft capital up for Tyree Kill. I'm a little confused at the direction of the Dolphins, and we need to know this for fantasy. Is Edmonds and Mostert, are, are they now draft values in the never-too-early best ball tournament? Is Tyree Kill overrated in not only dynasty fantasy football, but also with the never-too-early tournament? How do you view this Dolphins offense go, going forward now that we know Tyree Kill is sort of the focal point of the pass catchers? I passed on Tyree Kill in the middle of the second round only because I wanted to put together a team with Najee Harris and uh, Waller. And the guy right after me took Hill. Um, well, from a coaching standpoint, you're moving into your first year and you're wrapping up tremendous talent into the room. And then you're going to figure out how to use it. And just because you want to run the ball doesn't mean you're going to be able to run the ball without a passing attack. This team last year had no rushing attack. The short passes to Waddle was their rushing attack. Waddle is the player here that gets the biggest question mark because you wonder how Tua will deal with these two elite receivers, but it's the coach and the coaches recognized as, as one of the coming coaches in the league. He'll find a way to make these guys uh, consistent in this offense. And both of them approach the 100 catches in Waddle's case. It's not going to be the potentiality of the prolific season that we saw because he's going to stay with a lot of the underneath stuff and have to make it with his feet. But Hill will be all over the field. It's a wonderful, wonderful situation for this first-year coach, which gets all these tools on a team that was perhaps dysfunctional from the front office and the coaching situation. Obviously, we saw all the problems uh, that surfaced with Brian Flores as as we moved throughout the year. It's a new start in Miami. it's, you can just go on and on about it. Hey, does Gesicki have a bump? He should. What that middle of the field with these kind of passing threats and what they'll have to do to corral these um, uh, these receivers. Uh, Gesicki now becomes a player that I would would definitely want to target at his current value, which has not seemed to bump up that that much since uh, since this trade was made. You want to talk about the Kansas City side of this? Oh, I think we've lost him again. I'll talk about the Kansas City side of this, why Balky remains a, a bit frozen. Kansas City now has 12 draft picks, none of them in the fifth or sixth round, three sevens and the rest through the top four rounds. And it's impressive to say, oh, there's so much new talent coming into this team. And a lot of it perhaps will be on defense, but this team won't, uh, you can't take a team that this that is this good and have 12 rookies make this roster. So what they're going to do is they're going to package uh, these rookies together and they are going to move up. And Balky at the receiver position, there are um, some true receivers that you can look at and and you can pretty much assess the fact that these guys are going to be uh, consistent pro bowlers, uh, consistent contributors in the league at an elite level. This is a tremendous year for wide receivers. It's a tremendous year for running backs, somewhat unexpectedly so. You talked about Mike Kosicki, and, and you mentioned how he wasn't you know, moving up at all. 
And mm-hmm. I am a little surprised at that. Um, tight end 12 still. We, I mean, how many emails did we get about Gesicki versus Ertz, right? And they're still mm-hmm. right next to each other in tight end 12, tight end 13 at the end of the eighth round. Um, and I think that's interesting. Um, Tyreek Hill, and, and I talked about this when we were talking about Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver four, going up um, at the 202, so still a turn pick. And and you mentioned how you passed on him to, to get Waller in the second, which I totally respect, and it makes a lot of sense. I'm still a little – okay, here's the thing. If Hill is going to be good and Gesicki should be moving up, and we know Waddle's a stud, doesn't Tunga Vailoa start borderlining as like a, a top 12 pick in, in fantasy Absolutely. drafts? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And he would he would be a true he would be a terrific draft pick in, in any of the formats, especially the best ball. And as we talked about the best ball slim uh, never too early tournament. It's a lot of words there. Um, <laughs> we want players that are playing well at the end of the season, too, as probably the quarterback that has the best chance to be playing significantly better at the end than he even will at the start. Um, Tug of Iloa, by the way. Uh, quarterback 18 right now going wow. at the 1108. That is right before Trevor Lawrence and Ryan Tannehill, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still has not surpassed Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. Those would be the next two quarterbacks in mind if he is going to make a move going forward uh, up the hill with Hill. Okay. Hudson Kern Reeve in the YouTube chat right now has been blowing us up with all these Kansas City Chiefs questions. And he should, because I think this is a hard thing to wrap my head around right now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another former Packer leaving the friendly confines of Lambeau Field to go take his talents to Kansas City. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, now a Kansas City Chief, three years, $30 million, $18 million in the first two years, the maximum of the deal, $36 million. Marquez Valdez-Scantling missed a couple of games this past, well, more than a couple of games in 2021 um, and only had 430 yards this past season. But if you remember back to 2020, he led the league in yards perception and his career yards perception in four seasons, 17.5 yards. Um, now, I don't think there's any question that this is an overpay. Um, and I'll wrap mm. and, and let's, I'll tell you what, let's do this, Farrell. Let's tie it into the other signing that the Kansas City Chiefs made at the wide receiver position. Juju Smith Schuster, one year's, uh, one year's, one year, $10.75 million. Okay. Smith Schuster actually announced this deal on Twitter. So the Chiefs and his agent were so excited to announce this that Juju Smith Schuster broke the news himself. Not Tom Pelissero, not Adam Schefter, Smith Schuster. That's just a shake. Okay. So Travis Kelsey, target hog. Um, Juju Smith Schuster, I thought was going to be a target hog. Now I'm not so sure with Valdez Scantling. I know he brings a speed element to Kansas City. But who is the wide receiver one for Kansas City? Is it MVS or is it JJS? Oh, the wide receiver one for Kansas City. And it'll take Chiefs fans two or three years to go through this. They'll say he's still in Miami. Uh, they'll, they'll say he's down there. I think the, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a wonderful player, young age, a slot receiver. He is going to do what you expect most slot receivers to do, and he's going to be pretty physical with it now that he's recovered from the shoulder injury. Let's focus on Scantling because that's what is interesting. Do we have a uh, – does Darren have a mojo for us on uh, MVS at this at this point? Uh, Balky's gone to sleep on me again, so I'll continue. Uh, I uh, in the drafts that I played, and I am now on my sixth uh, uh, never too early contest uh, uh, best ball team. Uh, Scanling has has been 
completely off the radar in all drafts, and he's moved up somewhat, but it's not it's not very aggressive from what I can tell. And let me talk about what you're getting here. It's a player that Balky alluded to it. Uh, it's a player whose skill set has not been utilized or hasn't had the necessity to be utilized uh, with the Green Bay Packers, except when they need him. It's been pretty fascinating. If you want to go and look at some YouTube highlights of this player, you'll see how often, I be it Minnesota, be it Jacksonville, Detroit, games where Green Bay were trailing, and uh, especially one where Rodgers threw out of the end zone to midfield. I think that one was against Indianapolis, and Scantling made a wonderful catch. Uh, Scantling is six foot four. Uh, at the combine, he was a four-three guy. Um, he's uh, clocked at running twenty-two miles an hour, so he gets that body moving. He gets it moving and moves quickly. He looks as a long strider. He looks like when you look on film that he's not as fast as a Tyree Kill, but he is, and he's got an eighty-inch wingspan, and he wins the contested balls. This is going to be your number one receiver. And guess what, guys? They're not going to have to beat him up over the middle. They're going to send him deep, and it's going to be a thing of beauty. Think Mike Williams when he's really, really connecting with it. It's going to be that type of receiver. Uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster contractually is betting on himself. He's taking a one-year deal, and he'll say, I'll come back and take another deal after I have a big season. Uh, MVS is being rewarded being a good, solid NFL player who has not uh, shifted his career into the next gear. Uh, it, that's going to happen in Kansas City now with, with all the different throwing angles and the way Mahomes can uh, keep the ball active. As we see Mahomes uh, keeping the play going, uh, you, you can't defense a player this fast and this size uh, while Mahomes is doing all the scrambling around to get in throwing position. Uh, watching Kansas City Chiefs is 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 going to be a real gift this year. What about Nicole Hardman, as Hudson Kernery points out in the in the YouTube chat? What what is what what do we do with Hardman this year? And and I'll to just before you answer that, Farrell, the mojo on him right now, um, as far as his ADP in the never too early best ball tournament, mm-hmm. wide receiver 59 at the 1304, right behind. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's obviously going to go up. Uh, MBS will go up at, with, you know, more drafts being done. But he's ahead, of, right ahead of George Pickens, the rookie, Jacoby Myers, and Jamison Williams, another rookie. Mark Nicole Hardman, what, what's his value right now for redraft purposes? A uh, talented support player that if you're stacking uh, Chiefs uh, in a best ball, you're in really good shape if you're playing in a classic or the main event. I think at this point in time, it's a, it's a – a handcuff player and a player that you won't know when to start. He's a very good player. It's as it's, it's, we continue to talk about, you know, I got to keep bringing the Raiders in the conversation. Demarcus Robinson now uh, is a Las Vegas Raider. And you would expect also the Chiefs uh, with this talented group of wide receivers is to go find an, another one that they can groom. Look, you need five or six very good receivers on a football team. Nicole uh, Carvin is a very good receiver. But Hardman is a, is a player that we can't um, really count on to deliver for us in fantasy ball. Um, let's talk a little bit more Chiefs here. And I got an interesting dynasty trade offer this past week in one of my KFFSC dynasties. And I, I, I can't remember who offered it to me. But it was the 207 in exchange for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
Now, this was before the MVS signing. This was um, before the Tyreek Hill trade. And I kind of was like, ah, let's, I, I just kind of want to see where the value lies because I, I think Daryl Williams is. So, where'd you go, Bogsy? Why'd you leave us again? I know where you were going with that question. You know, should you have done that deal? Should you, should you have taken that deal? It's hard to see. And, you know, I just said with Hartman, he's not going to be a big, big contributor in fantasy football. Well, you know, what if we come out and we see four wide in this offense? Maybe it begins to look in, in, in Andy Reid's wild mind. He has a situation where all these receivers are on the field at all the time. It could happen. You, you have, you, you, uh, a lot of it, uh, McKinnon, uh, commonly mistaken for McKissick, at least one late night when I was drafting that probably should say no more about that. But nevertheless, he he brings an interesting aspect. Here's what I was going to oh, go Here's... ahead. All right, so Farrell, here's here's, and I beg your pardon if, if you already announced this, but here's what I wanted to bring up: Nate Taylor's um, article on the Chiefs for the Athletic, who he covers Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he says the Chiefs' offense will utilize running backs such as Clyde Woods, Hilaire, more as uh, as receivers, and this is not necessarily why I turned this trade down, but I I just kind of wanted to see what would happen with the Kansas City backfield. And they could still sign Jarek McKinnon, and and maybe I'll be a fool for not accepting this trade. But uh, Nate Taylor said Hardman is going to take over as, as the primary downfield threat. This is, again, prior to the MBS trade, so we, sure. we believe that MBS is going to be the downfield threat. Kelsey's going to get a lot of targets in the middle of the field, but the Chiefs are going to have to be more, quote, methodical rather than having to rely on this, what he calls a quick strike attack with Tyreek Hill, which we've seen. You know, how many times do we see Tyreek Hill just, you know, have these massive, massive games for these corners that, could, that couldn't keep up with him? So if that is the case, and you know we know if if we're looking at drafting Edwards Lair right now, we know McKinnon could be in the picture. We know Damian Williams is in Atlanta. We know Daryl Williams is not going to be back. As we look to draft Ky- Clyde Edwards Lair here, and you hear this report from Nate Taylor, how much stock do we put into this about Edwards Lair? Maybe not having the greatest fantasy season, but from a fantasy full PPR season where he can collect a lot of targets. Maybe this is a good zero RB guy here to look at. I think so too. And it Edwards Hilaire is dropping, dropping, dropping to to the point where he's becoming very attractive to take a to take a shot with him and see what happens. He's a valuable player in this offense. And whenever you can get an op- a player in this offense, you're making a good move. Now the writer here is take taking the jump. You know, it, they're they're pulling the cake out of the oven before it gets baked, Balky. You know, you got to expect these moves and understand these moves. We're a long way away from free agency being over, and we've got a draft to go to where we just talked about the fact that Kansas City has 12 draft picks. They won't use them all. They'll package them. They'll move up in the draft, look at the players they want. Fascinating year to what the roster looks like. Edwards Hilaire will have a role. What's his, um, uh, what's his Armani right now?
Balky perhaps cannot hear me as I request the mojo. But what I've noticed is Hilaire has continued dropping in the drafts. And, and so at some point, you're going to want to pull the trigger on this player, wait it out, and hope that he will make the contribution, especially in the best ball scenarios. Ah, I beg your pardon, ladies and gentlemen, and and we will cut this broadcast short um, pretty quick here. Though there's one other topic I want to get to. Um, be, be, uh... Oh, well, okay. I think it's fate. I think you definitely have. Uh... Maybe we can come back and do it tomorrow. is watching um and if the if you are focusing on browns as part of your your high stakes fantasy teams this year watson will affect all of them um the nfl discipline of watson depending upon what happens with these civil suits and how hard watson wants to fight them i mean maybe there's no suspension maybe there's a small suspension maybe there's a big suspension on this it anything is possible at this point um if, if, as Florio said on ProFootballTalk.com, he said if Watson does go to the exempt list, it's essentially paid leave. But after that, he could go on an unpaid suspension. Uh, after that, um, here's Florio's quote. I want to I want to read in its entirety because it's important. So far, the signals from Watson's camp point to fighting all of the cases and trying to win them. Once they realize that the league may decide to keep him from playing until the league, uh, until the legal fight has ended. What? And we look at what, you know, Cleveland's options are. We know they're only paying him a million bucks this year. We know they traded um, for Jacoby Brissett to come in and potentially be the guy for maybe multiple games. What do you do with him? If you're drafting best ball teams right now, what do you do with Watson? What do you do with Cooper? What do you do with the running backs and then Joku and any other Cleveland skill position player, knowing that this is hanging over the team right now and it's going to affect best ball leagues? A few weeks ago, you asked um, what to do, how, how to win a league, and, and I would say draft Watson. You asked what to do with those extra two quarterback spots. We, we went from 18 players to 19 and 20. Do we take an extra quarterback? Do we take an extra tight end? The extra quarterback for, for my team has been Watson. Uh, it, it's There's a number of options that are forthcoming with this uh, until there was a good sign today and that there would be no further criminal charges. We, you know what, we, we really don't know what happened, Balky. No one really no one really knows at this point. I don't know what the commissioner's office uh, will handle that. The players' union should have a strong role in this, as they always do. When we get to the bottom of this, I don't think you can keep this player off the field for two years in a row 
the exempt list does not make uh, does not hold water with me. I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that uh, situation. If if he if he uh, during these uh, civil uh, um, and I'm about ready to get in uh, about ready to get in quickly over my head in the legalese, but in the in the state of Texas, these civil cases, if they uh, if if they bring anything to light, they're likely to do it in some type of sealed type of testimony, uh, and and you know at, at some point in time. We, we have to move on from this, and uh, this player uh, lives with this hanging over his head throughout his career. If he ever does see the field, I think he's going to be fantastic because he's, uh, right. you know, right or wrong, he's experienced a great deal. Now, what do you do about drafting the other players? I drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones late, just in the excitement of realizing that he has a new quarterback. Um, I Where all those players are going – all of them have question marks and all of them have players on the draft to the, to the immediately before and immediately after him that are equally attractive. You wait until the double digits come and you can't stand it anymore. And then you pick one. That's how I would work with the receiving core uh, of, of the Cleveland Browns, which means I would be out of the Cooper business. Last. Exactly. Yes, you would. You would be. Um, and I was kind of excited because I in the in that KFFSC uh, draft that I participated in um, a couple of weeks ago, I was excited. I drafted Cooper knowing that, and I think I said this on the show, knowing that this is when he was still a cowboy. He's either going to be part of a big elite offense or he was going to go to an offense that was going to make him a big part of their offense. Mm -hmm. And I know that's Cleveland's plan A, but plan B might be Jacoby Brissett throwing focus on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt rather than, you know, bombing it to Amari Cooper a lot. We shall see on that. All right. I lied. I want to get to one last thing before we sign Let's off. Try. Okay. We will try. We're going to give it the old college try. The Rams. Okay. They sign Allen Robinson three years, $47 million. This is according to Tom Pelissero on Twitter. Had an awful 2021, obviously, but he gets $30 million guaranteed from the Super Bowl champs, right? They end up trading Robert Woods to the Titans for a six-round pick, not this year, but now Odell Beckham's still unsigned. The Rams have been very um, outspoken that they want to bring Beckham back, and there's a lot of people out there making the argument the Rams would not have won the Super Bowl without Odell Beckham's contributions, right. which I think you can make a strong argument for that. That said, he's coming off the torn ACL. It's going to be the Cup and Robinson show for, for Los Angeles here going forward. All right. Allen Robinson is still 28 years old. You could still say he's kind of still in the prime of his career. So, Farrell, I want to I ask you this. Knowing what he did in Chicago or what he didn't do in Chicago, what are your expectations for him catching balls from Matthew Stafford? And then, flip side, Robert Woods is now the new number two with Julio Jones being cut in Tennessee, Robert Woods is the new number two for Ryan Tannehill. How do you view these players for the best ball tournament going on with the FFPC right now? Are they buys? Are these potential league winners? Or are they guys to stay away from? Um, in Los Angeles, this was a head-scratcher. This was not the kind of head-scratcher that the Zay Jones acquisition at Jacksonville was. But I thought this was, a with everything we said about the wide receiver position, I don't know as if I would have done this deal. They see something in Robinson that obviously 
is there because there's a lot of teams, a lot of general managers that covet this player, but it has been a long time since he has contributed. Um, in, in a role that uh, Robert Woods had in deciding uh, and, and having input in the decision of where he would go, he wanted to go to Tennessee, and that's a smart move for him. We talked about this team last week as being a, a play-action team, as a run-pass option team. They require a wide receiver to block. They require a wide receiver to wear, uh, to run concise, expert routes. This, this player is always the, the most loved receiver by any quarterback that works with him because he's always in the right place. He's always there at the right time. He always wins the contested pass. This player will be very, very good. I, I saw some commentary that he – he wouldn't be a big fantasy uh, producer. I think that's completely wrong. He'll take some of the uh, he'll take some of the traction uh, that Brown has established. He'll take some of that attention away from Brown and give the opportunity uh, for Tennessee to be more dimensional in the passing game. He's a tough blocker. He's a good player. He's a great player in the uh, in the locker room. He's going to help elevate uh, the Titans at at every position. He's going to keep that ball. Uh, uh, moving in the red zone uh, more effectively as well for this team. Uh, I, I like the acquisition. I like I like the player that the Rams lost more than the player that the Rams added. And don't forget, Balky, I'm still a Van Jefferson guy. Oh my goodness, we've lost him again. Sorry, Farrell. There you go. Here we go. Last question from the chat room tonight as we wrap things up on this. And is it from Hudson Kernery? It is from Hudson Kernery. <laughs> and it is, and it is not a fantasy football question. This is something we talked about off air last week. Um, Oscars this Sunday, yeah. Sunday night. He wants to know is is it the new West Side story or is it Belfast for best picture? And I brought it up with him. I said, because we talked about this off air. I know you like licorice pizza as well. Yeah. Um, so, so with, and, and he brings up, uh, Spider-Man, um, no way home. That's not going to be winning anything. Well, I mean, we'll end with the third one, but, 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 and I don't know how many films you've actually watched this year. Is it just licorice pizza? Do you have any opinion on, on any others or no? Um, it, it's, you know, the, well, I have an opinion about Oscars is it, it, what a, what an event it used to be. We used to all watch it with great excitement and, and what, it's become somewhat of a, a nothing event uh, here in the last couple of years. And, and I've actually turned, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the rewards uh, of the award show. I think it's the independent spirit award. Yep, spirit awards, I watched yep. that one because Aubrey Plaza has been the hostess for the last two years of, of that show. So I, I watched that one, but I really don't know. I enjoyed uh, licorice pizza because it was a snapshot of the seventies. Uh, in LA. And, and when I was growing up in the seventies, I was curious what was going on in LA and didn't know when I would ever get there. It took me another decade uh, to figure that out after I got out of college. So I enjoyed that one, but I don't think that's a contender. Uh, I'll probably have to, unfortunately, uh, be catching up on all the Oscar films uh, uh, via streaming uh, after we know who won. And, and uh, listen, we know who won tonight. And that was not my internet and not my internet connection. I apologize. I'm going to take my L. We'll get it better for next better internet connection and uh, do it better. Farrell, thank you so much for participating in tonight's show. I really appreciate it. We will talk to you again next Friday 
um, with an with a extra special guest that we've been trying to get on the last couple of weeks. We're going to get him on next Friday. Be good this weekend. I will talk to you. Tonight's saving grace, Balky, is that we did not have a guest to frustrate. Yeah. <laughs> you are right, my friend. You are absolutely right. Be good, man. No, Enjoy your weekend. No St. Peter's. See ya. The uh, definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Want to remind everybody uh, tonight, uh, and we'll get to your emails next week. I apologize. I c- couldn't get to him tonight. Um, and uh, I guarantee we will have a better show for you next week. Um, thanks, Farrell Elliott, FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. We're back next Friday, 10-9 Central, with $100,000 Football Guys Playoff Challenge winner Chris Ballard will join us on this program, talk about how he built that lineup and what he's expecting in 2022. Really under-the-radar, um, talented, high-stakes player. So very excited to have him on. We've been trying to get him on for the better part of a month. And the stars should align next week, so we'll have him on for sure. Uh, dozens of Dynasty Orphans are still available. My FFP. deals are going to go away here pretty shortly ladies and gentlemen register for the never too early uh ffpc best ball tournament plenty of slow live sit and go best ball options all at myffpc.com. you can join the run to daylight championship at kffsc.com uh, right now as well and of course register Your weekend officially starts now. Around the world, Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. A name to lose. Kids, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention they wanted to give a shit. They already got a shout out. My daughter's gotten a shout out. My son's gotten a shout out. I want to shout out Toulouse the cat that we're house sitting for right now. So hey, Toulouse, um, I, I I know you were probably watching this. Um,